Toronto Science Centre where he first discovered Stellectricity. It's Gord Stellick and Brent Gunning. Brent Gunning here, Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, is that true? Is the Science Centre in North Toronto the home of where Stellectricity was discovered, created? I, I don't know the right term for it there, but uh, how you doing? I, I know I love these intros just a little more than you do. Yeah, you haven't been in the Science Center for a while. Did always like it way back when. Yes, that thing where you you touch the ball and your hair kind of went all over the place. So you know that could be um, that could be what Kipper is referencing. So so <laughs> yes, I think Stellectricity could have been uh, the epicenter. Might have been the Ontario Science Center just on just on Don Mills a little bit. What a little bit south of Eglinton. How about that? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Science Center, a staple of, of my youth. Uh, but yeah, ages uh, since, since I've been there. Maybe I'll have to uh, rediscover uh, Stellectricity uh, next time I'm there. Because, hey, I got, I've, got the, uh, I've got the youngster at home. So something tells me uh, sometime in the next handful of years, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be headed back there sometime, sometime. Uh, little, little news and notes before we get going today. Uh, obviously, you know, we're hoping for everybody's health, safety, all of that out there at every time of year, but specifically now, the Christmas holiday season uh one more leaf into covid protocols today morgan riley along with a staff member uh you know the leafs have a whack of players in protocol now next game is scheduled to be in columbus on monday uh against the jackets you know gord i don't think it's too too surprising with the way we know the virus works and everything like that but obviously uh you know you hope for the best for for morgan riley and and everybody else uh throughout the league and, and again i want to clarify that's not necessarily a positive test but are in the protocols but uh Regardless, you know, you hope for the best for, for Mo. Well, yeah, and every, I mean, everybody out there, the numbers are, are, are off the charts. And uh, again, that, that the COVID protocol, there there is, as I chatted with Elliot Freeman about, somewhere you can, you know, kind of, it's kind of like looking at a warranty and an appliance, right? You got to look about 27 pages about what protocol means. <laughs> but uh, if you're asymptomatic, it's different than if you have any kind of, if you have any kind of symptoms. And also, you know, crossing border uh, is um, um, a little bit more, can be a little bit more challenging, a little bit more protocol put into place. So I'm not sure who was fact, who was affected, who isn't, but uh, hopefully those that have it are uh, as healthy as possible. But I believe there will be 14 games. Fasten your seatbelts on December 27th, Monday. Uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride, but I believe we're going to plow through it. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree with you there. And, and man, uh, Normally at this time of year, you know, I'm looking forward to the 25th. The big man comes the night before, but the 27th is really going to feel like Christmas. You know, I think I think sometimes in the doldrums of the regular season, you can get a little, okay, the schedule just rolls along, rolls along. I have never been more excited for late December hockey than I'm going to be when, when we finally get back to it. Because, man, this basically week off that, that we're, we're in the midst of right now, uh, it just reminds you just, oh, man, how much do I miss this game? when it when it's not here in front of us well to put things in context last year we were in the first month of a five-month real lockdown there was not nhl hockey we knew it was just around the corner we hadn't been sure for a while but it did start sometime in january so so i'm with you you know small small gains and uh uh this this pause so much happened in such a short period of time that uh was a good idea and we have the world juniors as well so that's going to get underway so that's always been a great staple at what usually is the coldest time of the year. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Game on, moving forward. Uh, enjoy the next couple of days uh, to, uh, uh, to review, replenish, cherish, whatever you do. Appreciate. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to a whole lot of hockey. We should have been at Scotiabank Arena. This would have been that kind of odd right. game they started. They call it the... They call it what do they, they call it? The futures game, the next generation. I think. Yeah, I mean, next generation to get tickets. Okay, right. <laughs> so I mean, next generation is a big word, but you got to be able to connection for tickets. So it's not just next generation. Next generation with connections. So anyway, yeah. uh, would have been a two right around now. Would have been the first intermission. Joe Bowen and us, we would have been fighting for slices of pizza, and you and I would be giving our incisive commentary about the Blues and the Maple Leafs. So. Uh, it didn't happen, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, this is the last time that happens for a Leaf game this year. But I think realistically, we're going to have uh, we're going to have these happen from time to time for many of the 32 NHL teams. Now, I noticed you didn't mention Jim Ralph in there fighting for pizza, and that's because he does the vet move. Now, this has only happened once this year, but I have a feeling it's going to happen again. He saw me eating a slice of pizza, and 
through the course of play-by-play uh, analysis by him, was able to motion, bring me a slice. So, uh, yeah, vet, vet move by Jim Ralph, not fighting it out, making me uh, do do the minion work there. I cannot wait uh, to be getting the elbows up like I'm Gordy Howe uh, in the Scotiabank press box because, yeah, we will uh, we'll be back there uh, soon enough. You, you mentioned the World Juniors. Uh, they get going tonight with a pre-tournament game. Canada-Russia, look, you, you can have Canada-Russia playing together at just about uh, any... It doesn't matter the level. It doesn't. It could be field hockey. It could be sledge hockey. It could be what we're going to see at the World Juniors today. People get excited. Uh, you know, this tournament, I do wonder if it'll kind of take on a little bit of an extra meaning just because the pros won't be going to the Olympics now. People always get excited at this time of year. But, you know, with this kind of, and, you know, no, we'll, we'll get excited for the Olympic tournament when it's here, regardless of who's playing. But it does feel like this kind of takes on just a little bit more of importance without without the the NHLers going to the Olympics in February. Uh yeah, I I you know, I agree. I agree. You're right. You're right. I mean, the, it'll be in I I get I'll wait and see what happens with the Olympics. I mean, if there's a can- Canadian team in there and if they're if they're scratching and fighting and clawing and it's, you know, the Corey Hershen goal and that kind of thing, you know, we'll we'll grow to love them as they move along, but uh last year, boy, they had the stage to themselves, the World Juniors and a lot of players that uh wouldn't normally be loaned by an NHL team were available. We saw, unfortunately, in the case of Kirby Dock getting injured for Team Canada, but, you know, the Jamie Drysdales of the world. And so Cole Perfetti is going to be that, to me, that guy that Winnipeg has made available for Team Canada that I'm, I am intrigued to see, but, uh, it's uh, it's, it's, uh, it's proved itself as, as a Christmas season staple. And, uh, I was surprised that, as we chatted with Sam Cosentino yesterday, reminding us uh, that the last nine years, Canada, USA, and Finland have each won it three times. That, you know, Russia, we think of that horrible defeat in Buffalo that as time goes on, what's been about 10 years or so, or maybe more, whatever it's been, but but uh, but Russia hasn't been the team that uh, or hasn't won in the last nine years. And this is the year Slovakia has this one-off. I mean, there's three Slovakian prospects that could be drafted in the top 15 in the draft. So all of a sudden, uh, a team that's always and also ran could be could make things interesting. Sammy Koz was mentioning that, and I had to double-check that we weren't talking about the old Czechoslovakia. Like, that's not the Czech Republic and Slovakia with three players. No, just just Slovakia. Like, yeah, that's going to be kind of fun. And, you know, it is interesting with Russia, and, you know, we can kind of expand this to just, you know, the the top level of, of senior hockey, not just at the World Juniors. It feels like, you know, obviously, obviously, they produce forwards up there with, with anybody. You know, a high-end, the high-end of Russia's forwards over the past couple of decades is right there with the high end for anybody else they've got seemingly you know half the good goalies in in the NHL right now or Russia but it just seems like they have problems kind of pumping out those defensemen you know we think of Gonchar back in the day but it 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 has really been kind of you know hit and miss helter skelter in terms of Russian defensemen getting developed and it feels to me like that's what's kind of holding them back on the on the international stage yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's uh, I, I agree, but then you get down just to the tournament, and that's um, kind of a small picture. Uh, last year, it was thought that goaltending would work in the Russian team's favor, and and didn't as much. We we members of Al, I mean, it's a while ago, but Al Montoya, what he did for Team USA, Justin Pogi, what he did for Team Canada, and how the goaltender can be the whole difference, but. Uh, that's what's fun. It's all it's I, it's it's March Madness, right? It's like the NCAA. It's like the hockey version of March Madness, and that's what you like about March Madness because they're 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 not fully developed college players by and large. There's a, a many with big big futures in the NBA. Some never do, and uh, that's kind of like what we have here on the World Junior front. Yeah, for sure. And man, you you mentioned Drysdale. You know, this is a player we we talked about when the Ducks were were in town not not all that long ago. And then we talked about him again when the Leafs made their made their trip out, out to Anaheim. He just had a coming out party last year, and I mean, it's just kind of continued in into the NHL. You know, I know that's a player you're you're pretty familiar with, and you know, I don't think anybody's surprised by the the hot start he's had in his NHL career. But it's just it's it's amazing how quick it happens where you're watching a guy star at the World Juniors and then. Next thing you know, he's right here. And, you know, that used to be rarer and rarer, but it's becoming kind of more of a thing where guys can be just one ro- one year removed from being in that tournament and they're already kind of stars in the NHL. 
Oh, Kale McCarr, another one. And, you know, uh, for sure. Brent, d- defense usually takes a little bit longer to develop. That used to be the case anyway. It's a tougher position um, to get acclimated to in the National Hockey League than forward. And uh, I, I I know, and I, I, I think actually it's funny. I think it was actually a Christmas Eve hockey central at noon. It was myself and Elliot Friedman, and we had Ken Hitchcock on when he was coaching was St. Louis, I guess, or Dallas. I don't know. Who is he coaching? Anyway, he's coached so many places. But he just talked about how the the difference from when he started, kids just come out developed. They come out developed. They're so well-trained. Um, they're so dedicated. And they're so well-coached. They're so well-coached. Some people might argue at lower levels and younger levels, over-coached, too much coached. But uh, that's that's a part now that uh, the, the process, it's not a shortcut. It's just that uh, they've been exposed to a lot more positives. Well, yeah, even think think yesterday, the guy we were talking to, right? Like Mark, Mark Savard, uh, you know, pretty accomplished uh, in, in the game of hockey, and he is molding young minds in Windsor, and, you know, he's far from the only guy like him that, that's kind of, you know, fl- filtering around in, in those coaching ranks. And, yeah, you mentioned the D. That's going to be another kind of interesting thing to watch for me. So Owen Power, he was the number one pick last year. He played great for Canada at the World Hockey Championships. It's always interesting seeing a guy kind of back at this level. You know, we've seen it in the past where NHL teams have loaned players at this tournament and they've almost felt, uh, you know, like kind of too cool for school for, for lack of a better term of, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the NHL. Uh, what am I doing down here? And it'll be not that I expect that out of Owen power, but you know, Canada could have the next, the, if, if you start with power, the next three first overall picks on that team, they got power. Shane Wright is going to be there. Connor Bedard looks like he's going to start as the 13th forward. There's just so much high end, but yeah, power is a guy I really have circled because, you know, I think, I think he made the right call going back to school. I mean, the money issue, you know, he'll, he'll always be one year behind on getting to unrestricted free agency or getting to that second contract. But, you know, it felt like a good move to kind of stay away from Buffalo while they were figuring things out. And it seemed like they've kind of figured things out now that yeah it'll be uh I know Sabres fans obviously will be watching that one closely because man they've just they've been through it lately and it does kind of feel like they're coming on to the other side so yeah Owen Power is definitely a guy I'm watching because man the Buffalo fans they uh they they deserve some some sunshine on the horizon yeah well we'll see how it plays out I I think I think he'll come out late and burn a year do that thing you know like McCarr did that you come out in in March or April and you burn a year and there's you know kind of maybe a complicit understanding you know, you sign it at that way, but uh, I, I uh, uh, big time, big time about uh, about not rushing players to the NHL if they're not ready. And he certainly uh, it, it didn't have that didn't have that marquee Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, you know, type player. I mean, look at Jack Hughes. He should have gone back for another year, right? There was too much pressure for him to play, though, in New Jersey. But he should have gone play. I played one more year with the U.S. national team or with whomever. Uh, Austin Matthews didn't because he was uh, three days into uh, the se- past the September 15th deadline. So he really was a 19-year-old draft rather than an 18-year-old. But you mentioned, you know, you mentioned another point. I'm trying that so often it was about the uh, NHL player being loaned to a country. And not not panning out, and too much being expected, and whether it was like your point that the player was disappointed, I hope that wouldn't be the case. Kind of like, hey, I've been in the NHL, you guys are in junior, and you know, here's the way it goes. But but you know, it it just shows the complexities in putting a team together. That uh, and again, the third and fourth line will really really matter. Depth will really really matter in this tournament beyond beyond the big star names. Yeah, and it is, you know, it's funny when we're watching when we're watching the, you know, the senior men's version of this tournament or if we would have had like the best on best at the Olympics. I think that's kind of the f- most the, you know, the most entertaining part of the tournament is that you have hard and fast opinions on, you know, who we we don't need to get into the debate cuz it's not happening, but whoever would have been your 13th, 14th, 15th forward, be it, you know, Sean Couturier or Ryan O'Reilly or John Tavares or whoever you kind of had in there, you know, you have a real hard opinion about what all those guys are but you know whoever's on the fourth line or at least starting on the fourth line of this tournament you know the Sam Cosentinos of the world know you know what to expect from these guys but even for people like us who are pretty plugged in you know it's still kind of a fact-finding mission at this tournament and I think it just kind of lets everybody be a little more uh, kind of reactionary and I think that's what's what's such a fun part of it too is you're just kind of you're just reading and reacting as opposed to going in there with these kind of preconceived notions about all these different players 
Well, you you, you, know, you you do have someone to cheer for or watch with Canada as far as top defenseman, defenseman on Finland goes, like a, a legitimate prospect, and that's always been a fun part. If one of if one or two of those players in the tournament uh, are you, so get, are your are your teams, and so that gives you uh, a bit more of a, of a let's say cheering interest. You're still cheering for Team Canada, but a cheering interest about what players you hope really can excel in it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The Leafs will have uh, three prospects of note there. So they have uh, Hirovainen, who's going to be the captain of Finland. Uh, looks like he may potentially slide back over to the wing. That's where the Leafs wanted to play. He could play a little center as well. Uh, there's uh, Topi Nimala, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, that's the, the Finnish D prospect you were mentioning there, Gord. He is leading the Finnish men's league in scoring by defenseman. I believe he's still top 10. Uh, he should be kind of quarterback in the power play. That's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, and then there is Matthew Nies, uh, an American forward, big-bodied guy, can, can kind of fly around. It'll be interesting to see what he's doing. He's having a great season at the uh, University of Minnesota. That was a pretty good Sam Cosentino impression wasn't there, There wasn't it? Like, I didn't do the voice or anything, but I feel like I was able to rhyme off some some facts and figures. I'm, uh, I'm pretty impressed with myself there. That was impressive. That was, yeah, that was, that was. <laughs> um, uh, that, yep. That's something El Gordo used to be able to, but I'm not, I'm not quite the rhymer uh, on that level right now. Well, that's the thing, you know. We, we're we're picking each other off. We're covering each other up. You know, you're you're the veteran know-how. Maybe I'm a little more spry and and have a little more go get them in me, and it, it, that's why we are truly uh, the, the perfect team. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yeah, no. it could be. So <laughs> I hey, said it. I said it. I know. I know. The uh, you you know, in in now kind of rejigging the schedule, it's going to be um, in, well, not interesting. They got a lot of time to figure out where you want to put those dates. But how about uh, that? The seriousness about they don't they don't want to lose a penny of revenue, which you can understand. And if the Montreal Canadiens, as long as they are not allowed to have any fans in, it looks like they won't have any home games. Now, um, a cynic will say, well, really, who wants to go to a Montreal Canadian game? I mean, right now, the way they've been playing. But, yeah, they, they played that one game with an empty house at the last minute against Philadelphia. But... That's uh, uh, Elliot cited something like two point three million per game in ticket revenue, and that is lost. And you, you even they're probably even looking at how long will the fifty percent be in place for situations like Toronto, Ottawa, and maybe others. So uh, that, there, there's all kinds of balls in the air in trying to move forward and get as much of a normal regular season in in the books in a continuing abnormal society. Well, yeah, and they, I, I, uh, those, yeah, those numbers you mentioned for Friedman, I think it was the Rangers. They were also at two point three million per per home date, and then of course, because all things, you know, especially on Leaf Station, but run back to the center of the hockey universe. It is the Leafs with the biggest gate per game. I, I think it was three and a half, uh, and yeah, you cannot afford to lose that. You know, I've been, I've been making the jokes that the Leafs have been propping up half the league for for a while now, but when you look at those numbers, it's pretty stark that they are over a million dollars more than the team that's in second place for that. So, yeah, the, the league is going to have to want – it's still a gate-driven league. We know they have the more TV revenue coming in with everything happening in the States now, but you still need butts in the seats for, for this league to kind of work financially. And it is going to be the – it, it does feel like there's just a much more impetus on the NHL to kind of have the have have full attendance, have the games with people in attendance, and yeah, they're going to have to find a way. You know, I do wonder if there's a world where Ontario, Canada, for for lack of a better term, is in is has these capacity limits for. You know, maybe maybe the capacity limits exist for the month of January. Do you look at something where you say, "Okay, Leafs, we're going to try to actually you're going to go." You know, it was, who is it? I believe it was Chicago that used to always go on the big rodeo or the circus would come to town and they'd go on like a month long road trip. I do wonder if you're going to have to see things like that for teams like Montreal and the Leafs, even if you could technically play games here, but you just couldn't play them at home because you know we know about the cap and we know about the financials of the league. It's it's really really important for them to kind of get every dollar they can both for the league and the players because they want that cap to keep going up yeah Montreal that could be a, a possibility well, what saves Toronto was that figure you mentioned because the uh, the revenue is so high that even at 50 percent of that <laughs> revenue <good> <laughs> probably probably is doable but can you imagine a day and that that was decades ago but still that the circus held so much sway the circus the circus <laughs> that you know same happened at Madison Square Garden that it was so big that you know the Rangers had to leave town the Blackhawks in Chicago were like yeah you got to clear out for like like say three weeks 
because the circus <laughs> is in town. And in the Rangers' case, I think it even sometime they had to schedule playoff games uh, elsewhere. Like, you know, like home ice advantage is what you play for in the playoffs. But, no, they scheduled them elsewhere because, uh, I, I don't know, it's too bad the circus. I, I guess there's too many other circuses everywhere. But uh, Or the or the, uh, the wide-eyed innocence as we've had the Internet and other things have kind of uh, eliminated that for our kids, I guess. That is funny now that you think about it. Like, I remember going to the circus when I was really, really little. And I, like, I just don't, I know we've been in COVID world and, you know, touring hasn't been happening for everybody. But, yeah, I, we still doing the circus in 2021, 2022. I didn't know that we were. And, yeah, it's funny. It's some, one of those things you just don't think of at all until it's right in front of you. Like, what would it be now? Like, wrestling would come to town for a month or something like that. Or, like, a monster truck rally or something. It feels like even those are uh, going on a little more than, yeah. than the circus. Well, the ice shows don't either. I mean, they used to, you know. Right. But but I do know um, the circus, they could, you know, I could just remember at Maple Leaf Gardens, you kind of lose its innocence where you see, you know, there's some there's some guy with a large pole kind of prodding the animals that yeah. as a kid you thought was and I, I'll tell you I do remember at Maple Leaf Gardens honestly uh, one of the bigger brawls ever in the crowd happened at a circus it's because the circus ended and I guess you know things were thought of differently back then so the so the ushering staff had just already had already left you know because just gonna start clearing <laughs> out and something happened the two dads got in a tussle and then no one was there to break it up or what i don't know so so yeah so you go to a circus and a fight broke up or you go to a fight and a circus broke up but uh that was uh that was among my uh, my my mlg memories oh man that's a great one uh yeah i'm, I'm so happy and still to this day anytime i hear of a hockey rink and a fight in the stands i think of two things i think of the stands coming into the rink and it's the fan in philly going over the glass uh, at Ty Domi after he squirted him with the water bottle. And then the other one I think of is Milbury hitting that guy with his own shoe after he went into the crowd. Those are still the two things. And I know I know it's not actually funny because, you know, public safety and all that, but the image of Mike Milbury beating a man with his own shoe, just saying it does make me chuckle a little bit. Well, it was, and it was the whole Bruins team. You know, you think about that Toronto Argonaut player, what he has got suspended for for um, you know going after a Hamilton Ticat fan but the uh, the you know the guy falling into Ty Domi and and so he he in in no way shape or form was going after Ty Domi he no. was enjoying bantering and banging and then the, he was the most scared surprised individual ever <laughs> when he fell in there and then you know and then uh, I guess the reaction one of the officials came in and it's like it's kind of like a SWAT team and I guess I guess that's appropriate but man that guy that guy <laughs> had no interest he was just a fan that uh all of a sudden his his weight the the glass could not could not hold his weight that was uh, you know we speak of the circus here that's like some guy standing out making faces at the lion and then all of a sudden the cage just breaks and you're just face to face with the lion go whoa i was just having a little fun here i didn't actually uh i wanted no part of being in this and man i still uh I, you know as it is with many people out there harry neal still burned into my brain watch the lawsuit i uh watch the lawsuit man it is uh it's funny the things we we kind of think of and and remember like that the, the leafs you know storied franchise tons of great moments domi a ton of great moments himself but you ask leaf fans what they remember i'm not saying that's the first thing but it, it's definitely among the first five yeah, yeah yeah well and those those top 10 lists that networks do it just uh, it crops up in a ton of them just like whoever that bowler was that went crazy and started going i'm the greatest or whatever whatever he said <laughs> when he got the strike <laughs> in bowling and uh and dennis green about the bears or what we thought they would be and you know just if you uh who was I was saying that that actually Dominic Ducharme had that line about he goes, well, I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to, you know, come out and uh, put on be a YouTube clip for life. Right. in one of my post gamers. And uh, yep. and that's what you that's you're only as uh, you're only as infamous as your as your worst moment on, on YouTube or something like that in social media. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Brent Gutting, Gord Stellick here with you for, for Leafs Nation. Uh, here with you until 5 o'clock today. Uh, plenty of guests, three of them, in fact, on the show. Uh, 425, we're going to talk to Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie, uh, current analyst at Daily Faceoff. Just kind of dance around some big first-half first takeaways from him. Uh, get it, get his thoughts on the upcoming outdoor games as well. Uh, see how crestfallen he is. That, that You know, we're all upset up here. What do the Americans think of uh, of not getting not getting to see their first chance at this offense? 
Austin Matthews kind of Patrick Kane duo. I feel like that's theirs. Uh, at 3.55, Julian McKenzie, uh, he's going to join us. NHL for the Athletic and Yahoo. Uh, what's going on in Montreal? When are they going to be able to have fans back in the building? Do they want to go back in the building? Uh, to, to your point, and then, uh, and then uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes' time. Colby Armstrong. Always, always love getting Colby on. And, uh, you know, we'll have a little fun with him looking ahead to uh, the, the non-NHLers at the Winter Olympics. Get his thoughts on on Crosby. Does he have another Olympics in him after this? But, uh, Gord, uh, I do want to – I wanted to pitch you one more idea for international hockey. Now, credit where credit is due. Uh, this is this going to be a not... good one or are you going to waste my time again? Well, uh, well, I'm, I'm prefacing it with it's not even really my idea. So I do think okay. it's a good one. But if, it's, but if you don't like it, blame producer Sam McKee because he pitched this to me even though he's not here today. So we know that we want to have a best-on-best best Olympics tournament. Maybe it's at the Olympics. Maybe it's at the World Cup. But what about... A just one-off, maybe it's a best of three, maybe it's a best of five. I don't think you'd do a best of seven. We have the World Cup or the Olympics every four years. And then in the two years between that, we have hockey's Ryder Cup. And it is Canada and the United States versus the world. And they play a best of three or a best of five. You get all the infighting in Europe of who's going to be on the team, how many Russians are on the power play, who gets to coach it. What do you say about that idea? Basically, hockey's Ryder Cup, Canada and the States against the world. Sammy better cut back on his consumption of spiced eggnog products. That's what I got to say about that. Okay? Sammy must have a big headache today and sleeping until noon, uh, our <laughs> beloved Sam McKee. So I, I, I hate E for effort ideas and that, but, uh, yeah, no, no, no. No, gonna, you don't no, like no. it, Gord? No. Hey, if, if enough people like it, great, great. You know, if enough people like it, great. But no, I just think the world, I'm, I'm so honed in on the World Cup. Uh, of hockey concept, which is, again, like I said, is really the Canada Cup 1976 that morphed into the World Cup 1996 and get back to that kind of ebb and flow that that we had. It wasn't quite every four years, but uh, thereabouts for that 20-year period. I want to see it too. And I, the thing I don't like that I've heard way too much of is, we don't care about that. We want the Olympics. Trust me. You get this two times in eight years or two times in a decade or whatever it is, you'll care about it real, real quick. When it's McDavid and Crosby or if you're American, it's Matthews and Cade or whatever your dream little duo is. The second you see, like, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it the, you can make up any silly name for it you want. You see the best players in the world out there. I'm with you, Gord. People will absolutely get sucked in. Now, before we get Colby, just one quick because of the Christmassy thing, I got to tell you. I I I'm, I smile like whenever I think of this. I didn't, I know our our friend Ken Daniels, who's now been the longtime voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Same thing. So the fan was launched as Canada's first all sports station in 1993. So the first Christmas came up, obviously a couple months later. So uh, everything was new. So they just three they were filling with different people at different times. So whatever it was on Christmas Eve, which tomorrow we will not be on, but Christmas Eve, Ken and I drew the equivalent of what was primetime sports show but it wasn't quite primetime sports that day it was i i don't know if it was two to five or three to six or something kind of a okay first fun christmas eve show and god love him god rest his soul and god rest her soul now we had we had johnny bauer on and over the phone johnny sang honky the christmas goose and in the background nancy bauer played the organ right played the, the tune and it was just so, I mean, Johnny, just so beloved, so genuine, and that kind of fun song he had, whatever. So he sang Honky the Christmas Goose, and that was just the great, great spirit. Like, uh, we weren't expecting him to sing it. We weren't expecting Nancy to be accompanying him, but she just passed away a little while ago as well. So I think of them on this Christmas Eve day. And when you think of fun Christmas stuff, I think of, and you did the same thing, any ch- anytime you got a uh, chance uh, to hang with a fellow Western Canadian like Johnny uh, Colby Armstrong as well. Oh, look at you. What a segue. That's right. Yeah. On the line. Colby. Mr. I was, Colby. Uh, yep. <laughs> I was, I was going to set you up saying you had a song. You were ready to sing us. Go, Colby. <laughs> I know I, I, I thought that was awesome I was wondering if Gordon was going to lead that way from a Prince Albert Saskatchewan Johnny Bauer to Saskatoon uh, in myself but um, yeah good to be on with you guys my vocals aren't uh, quite where Johnny Bauer was with his and 
Uh, my bravery also isn't quite where Johnny Bowers was. As we know, he played goal with no mask for so many years, and we see those highlights. But, um, yeah, I, I, I got to say thanks for having me on. And uh, Gordo, good. I haven't seen Gordo in so long. I miss my buddy, <laughs> El yeah. Gordo. And yeah. you know what? I listen to you. You're part of my life, though, Gordo. I listen to you every morning down here in Pittsburgh on your other duties at Sirius XM with the NHL Radio Network. And uh, thank you for all of that every morning on my school drop-offs. I got you well, going. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what the last 21, is, 21 months has been, not seeing people that you saw all the time. And you've always been busy covering the Penguins and then doing uh, doing work at, at Sportsnet as well. And, uh, you know, just first, the boy, the Penguins, like, like what a – what a kind of like a different kind scratching clawing the different kind of wow factor from others when they dominated for Stanley <laughs> Cup wins it's been a very impressive start yeah you know what it's been surprising and actually right out of the gates i think they started against uh, Tampa and Florida right out the start and of course you know shorthanded no Malkin no Crosby those were the big stories Gensel was just getting off of covid uh missed the first game came back for the Florida game scored a goal in that game but you know, they've been ravaged, and now still without Malkin, Rust, and uh, and Gensel now, again, uh, Cross has kind of hit his stride, and he's back looking uh, like his usual self. But, man, they've been playing some frustrating, real good, solid hockey, and I guess you got to hand it to the players. I think you got to hand it to Mike Sullivan, who was set to coach the Olympic U.S. team. Uh, obviously, that's not happening, but... Uh, Man, he's done something else with this team, the way he's got them to play hockey and the way he's got them, um, you know, rounded out a, as a lineup because, you know, they've they found a, a real identity with some of their bottom six guys, at least anyways, and c- contributions from them. Uh, and some of their new guys, even like Rodriguez left, came back, no one wanted him. I mean, this guy's been a star. Uh, and Brock McGinn also has been a massive impact player looking for career highs. And I think... Yeah, Rodriguez set a career high in goals just the other day, too, with 10. He had double digits for the first time, which is wild. And watching the way he's playing, it's like, what was he waiting for in his career so hard to explode the way he has this year? But, man, they're uh, yeah, they're a tough team to play against. They're making some serious noise, and once they get those other three guys back, who knows what will happen. He uh, he was probably waiting for the same thing Jack Eichel was, and that was to uh, get out of Buffalo. And then he started uh, started making making a little noise. I mean, the Leafs had his rights for for a time in the summer. Yeah. They didn't, I believe, qualify him was was the issue there. But yeah, I mean, it's a player who's just taking strides, and you know, kind of looking beyond the top end of that team. You just mentioned a bunch of the guys there, but it feels like, and and I think Sullivan now ha- has is at a point where he gets his due. As you mentioned, he's going to be the state's Olympic coach. Everybody knows how how good he is at his job. But it feels like yeah. Nobody outside of the big three gets any credit. I mean, I'm sure you guys give it to them in Pittsburgh, but when we think of it, and even though Malkin hasn't played a game yet this year, we go, well, you know, Malkin, Crosby, Latang. it's how it is. It's always the way, but it can't just yeah. be those guys. Like, Gensel is, is not just somebody riding shotgun. It feels like he's a, a player who drives the play. Like, do you feel like the, I don't want to say the fringes, but just b- below the top tier of that lineup, do you feel like it gets enough credit? Yeah, I don't know if it does. I think it quietly it quietly does, and I think it's just kind of to the point where it's expected. And I don't know, did John Cooper won the Coach of the Year, right? I think that um, – did he win it this year? I'm kind of forgetting what year did, we're in yeah. right now. I think so. And, you know, I think that's a big boost for, for a guy like Sullivan because I think John Cooper is a guy that's looked at as, oh, you look at the, look at the uh, team you have. Um, and, you know, the guys kind of get, oh, but we'll look at the guys you have type of thing in that situation. I think Sullivan has, you know, fallen into that a little bit with, with the core group that he's had here since coming to Pittsburgh. But, man, he's done a great job. He's done a great job at putting some pieces together through the middle of the lineup and the Teddy Blugers and, you know, McGinn and Zach Aston Reese and what he could possibly be and fitting, uh, you know, players in and out of the lineup that have contributed and done real well too. So, yeah, you got the big core and the big guys um, and, of course, there's news, you know, around here about what they're going to do with Latang and Malkin. That's a whole other story. But, um, you know, what he's been able to do team-wise and team play um, and identity with, with his team over the years, I mean, he's doing it again this year. It's, it's something else to see and see the way they're consistently do it every game, too. Colby, do you get a sense the players, whether it's the Penguins or as many on the other 31 other teams, are saying, oh, okay, I mean, I mean, this thing, and we, of course, could talk about the Olympics and other things that, you know, with, yeah. in that regard. But that 
this has come real quick. And uh, I think taking a pause was, was a good idea. But I also think there's an understanding. And Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, just said, look, we're, we're going to have to live with this. And do you think the players understand starting December 27th, okay, fasten your seatbelts. And we could, have, uh, we could have people quarantining in other countries. You could be down eight or nine players, but you got to get ready to play without eight or nine players. That, that, you know, that's the way things are going to be moving forward. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the way. I think if you ask players, and I've talked to some, I don't think like now where we're at, you know, that the players are as concerned with it. And, you know, they're vaccinated, they're boosted. Um, you know, they get tested all the time. And I think they're to the point now where, you know, what we're seeing the Omicron, Omicron uh, spreading the way it is. But, you know, it's they're saying it's, it's less um, uh, dangerous uh, in, in regards to the virus. So it's, it's, something I think where the players are just that comfortable with like, let's just play and let's, you know, I think the, the worry factor is, isn't where it's been in the past with, with this virus. So um, I think we're going to do that. I do think Canada's, uh, you know, an issue obviously with the NHL uh, with the number of teams up there, obviously in border crossing, like even this year, guys, we had Sullivan was coaching a game. He had COVID. He was out. He came back. He coached two games maskless on the bench here in Pittsburgh. The team went up and played a couple games in Canada. Couldn't coach up there. And he flew to Washington to meet the team there to be ready to see them when they came back on that road trip. So there is some, you know, obvious hurdles to jump over with cross border and different rules in Canada that, uh, you know, don't apply down here in the United States that, you know, I can, I think, can, you know, give some problems in looking at, you know, the overall total league protocol and how they handle it. So I can understand that. Yeah, the, the Canada question, it, it is going to be the, the hurdle that this league has to deal with. And, you know, yep. obviously in the NBA, it's just way easier. And nobody here wants to see it. But you set the Raptors uh, yep. up shop somewhere in the States, and th- there we go. Kaput's done. NFL, same deal. But, yeah, when, when, you know, basically a third of the league or, well, a little less. But, you know, we're all we're all roughly as good at math as I am. So we can just call it a third of the league uh, and, and say they're, they're up here that you're going to have to kind of deal with it. Uh, you mentioned the, the contracts or new contracts needed for, for Malkin and Latang, what do you do in a situation like that? You know, I don't think any organization wants to see players like that walk out the door for nothing. I don't know that that's necessarily something that's going to happen just because there are deals done. I don't know how you sell when you're in a playoff position, and I don't know how you sell for futures when <laughs> Sidney Crosby's on your team. So uh, what do you think ends up happening with, with Malkin and Latang, uh, both in season and then kind of going forward in the offseason? Yeah, and, you know, there's been a p- little bit of push here to saying, you know what, like, look at what Latang's done. Like, if you can get him on a four-year deal right now, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. And that's kind of a conversation, you know, here in Pittsburgh and sports media about him. I think Mal, on the other hand, is a little bit of a different story. And I think a lot of the Penguins um, look, and, you know, you look at Hextall and, you know, Berkey, the new guys that were brought in to, you know, weigh what's gonna, what this team's going to look because like, it's kind of hitting a little bit of a crossroads, obviously, with age and everything coming and playing a part. But um, I think Gino is going to, like, Malkin's going to have a big um, say in, in, in what this team will look like with his play when he comes back. I, I love Malkin. I love his game. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's been blessed to have a two-headed monster down the middle. And, um, you know, no, I don't think you can compare too many guys to the physicality, skill level, and size and everything that Malkin possesses with his speed um, in the NHL right now. So when he comes back off this surgery and, and, you know, you get a look at what this roster will look like once you have all those guys and, and will they look fully healthy for the first time really all year as well? Um, you know, I think Malkin will have a big say in what the Penguins look like at the trade deadline, where they think this team will go. Can they get by and move on from a guy in Malkin who's been, a, you know, a horse and stud in this league for a long time? Um, you know, they've done it so far this season. They've looked fairly good. But can he put them over the top and can it make them look at the trade deadline, you know, differently, a little bit differently, um, even though that they do have them on expiring contract? And um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But I, I really do believe that the, the play of Malkin, the production of Malkin, if he can get back to, you know, what, what is expected of them, um, will have, you know, put them in a, in a tough position or maybe the way you look at it, a good position heading into the deadline with a position potential chance to go for it again 
It's always great when your mom calls you during the show, so she's obviously not listening. God love Rhoda, but that's like when I thought my mom called me when I got traded, Gord. And I said, she goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "God, I got a game tonight. Why are you calling me? Leave me alone." She didn't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess at St. Hilda's senior place, the radio's not set up well, but we'll figure that out. Uh, you're tight. With Sidney Crosby, uh, just about, uh, obviously he hasn't had a lot of time to think it through about the non-Olympic participation. I mean, it, it's a long void now that there's been two in a row. Yeah. Uh, is is this something, like we bet, like I, I'm just saying, Tad, chatting with Brent about it, let's get the World Cup of Hockey in stone. Let's get, let's get some flow going like the old Canada Cup used to be in the World Cup in 96. And then, I don't know, what do you, what do you think uh, the future is yeah. the Olympics? Like uh, three, th- three or four years down the road or, or what are you thinking? I think Olympics is cool, but if that's where it's going to head, where we get, you know, this World Cup again, or we get the Canada Cup, like you mentioned, and, you know, I heard you this morning talking about, I think you're not a fan of the North American team, or you were a fan. You I am a fan. fan. I am a big fan yeah, of you it. Are I don't, a fan. I, yeah. Are you? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fun. I thought they had really cool jerseys, and it was a cool gimmick for the tournament, for sure, but I... I, I would have loved to have seen, and, and look how long it's been, right? We haven't seen McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, you know, all these guys on this Canadian roster. We haven't seen that American roster the way it's supposed to look um, also, you know, and, and like, you know, I'd love to see that. I want to see that. So if they can come up with something, I'm not totally like set on, you know, I think the Olympics is great. And, and you know, the guys going, I'm sure disappointed, but it's not going to be the same. They're going to be bubbled. What was the opening ceremonies and the atmosphere and the Olympic experience going to be like, um, likely not even close um you know so that being said i don't i like it i like best on best but if they can find another way to do it i'm all down for that and i think it's great And if they want to chuck some gimmicks in there with these north american teams and other i was the only guy i felt riding team europe just because i was pulling for veteran guys that you know they look at them and they think they they think they stink and they're all washed up and they stormed to the final against team canada i loved it did you get a jersey I did not get a jersey, Jeez. but uh, I got to go to a lot of games. I was doing uh, for for sports, and we tried out the, uh, I think it was like Facebook Live broadcast with Ryan Whitney, myself, and Jeff Merrick. We got to be at every game and broadcast on the concourse with all the crazy fans. So it was quite the experience. I loved it. Oh, I I'm right there with you guys. I loved that tournament. I was a I, I was a diehard for the under twenty three team. All the talent, and you look back on it now. I'm just picturing Colby. At at Scotiabank with his face painted in those like two shades of blue with the white line <laughs> yeah. Team Europe had like go Europe and you, I I could just I could picture it now Colby get the chance going yeah the white hockey stick across my face with the two colors I mean and and how perfect was it too that North America guys had to win that game against Sweden in regulation to like move on instead they had no clue what they were doing nonetheless probably one of the more exciting games of the of the tournament as. McKinnon scored on the King uh, in overtime with electric yeah. back and forth play. And I was, I was like, this was awesome. This is what everyone wanted to see with this young team. So, yeah, they bring back. They have some kind of thing that works out that we get to see it, and maybe we get to see you know the greats of you know Crosby in a Canadian jersey again, and, and Ovechkin in his Russian jersey again, and we get to see some of that head to head action would be awesome. So, Brent, can you imagine, like, Colby all of a sudden going out in the crowd and going, give me an E, give me a U, give me an R. Like they're going, and, then, what, and then, like, what? Boreas Salming, who was poking around, yeah. is like, hey, yeah. just cheer for one country. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah was exactly. kind of like, what, what, what? You know, like, I like my odds with, a bit, with more countries. It's just, uh, you know, it's just playing the odds, fellas, uh, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, no, it's crazy. No, all these postponements and no hockey until after I know – it's tough doing it, and it reminds me of, you know, the main pandemic when everyone was still doing radio and filling the airwaves. So we thank you guys for, for doing that. Hey, what's your feeling on the Leafs? What's your gut feel on the Leafs? Well, I was just saying, and Gordo, you would know this. When's the last time they won a playoff series? 2004. That was like, yeah, that was like lockout, pre-lock, pre-that lockout before all the rule changes. That's crazy, hey? Like, that is absolutely wild to think that it's been that long, but you know, a little, a little up and down play as of late, but you know, that month of, uh, what was it? November into December and, you know, setting records and, and on a good tear, but not only that, I think the, you know, people talking about the way they played defensively as well. And I think, you know, what's blown me away, Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell's absolutely blown me away with 
way he's taken the reins as a starting goaltender. And of course, you know, it's been there. He's been a first round pick. Like it's kind of been, you know, there for him, but it just hasn't come together. And we're really seeing him put a, put a season together right now and, you know, steal games and keep his team in games um, and just be rock solid. So that's been the main story for me. Can they do it in the playoffs? I think it's like, you gotta, you gotta show me, right. You gotta show us. And uh, that's the way I'm looking at him right now, but definitely can score. We all know that. Can they defend well enough and how well can, you know, Jack Campbell hold up in the net? Yeah, I think that's why this break is, you know, nobody nobody likes the idea of us not watching hockey right now, but uh, Jack Campbell's groin is probably saying, thank you. Oh, I could gosh. use a breather, and uh, you know I would never, ever, uh, ever ask for one. Uh, a little fun one for you before we let you go. You know, I seem to remember you half joking, and only half, I think, about getting yeah. that body ready, trying to make the cut for 2018, no NHLers. Now, Colby, I know it's super short notice, can we get yeah. you ready for February in Beijing with a potential quarantine? I don't know if I am there yet. I don't know if you guys saw my skip the dishes things that they're rolling out digitally on Instagram <laughs> and everything. I am pounding food in those like mad. Uh, and uh, it's the holidays, right? Like it's literally impossible. So yeah, the last Olympics, I had some, some thoughts half jokingly. I thought it, it might be possible. I was, you know, younger then as well, but um I think I'm long gone. Like the, the only thing that it would be great is just to see me doing it. Cause my face would be so purple or red. I would match actually team Canada's jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't know. It should be called devour the dishes. Like skip the dishes makes it seem like you're, you're skipping food. Like you're on a diet. Instead. It's the complete yeah. opposite. It is, it is, and it's just so many options, and they just keep, like, every week I, I, I get, like, a, you know, you get, like, a notification, like, somebody mentioned you and something, and I'm like, I click it on, I'm like, these are never ending, like, I'm just, everyone seeing me pounding pizza and chicken wings, and, oh, my God, it just never, they roll out another one every week, so it's been hilarious, but uh, it's been fun, but I agree with you, Gordo, I agree with you. Yeah, Colby, the dishes. yeah, Colby, your kids are too young, and Brent's got a one-year-old way too young. But uh, uh, when your kids get to university, you'll, you'll open the door early <laughs> in the morning, and there's food that they ordered three hours earlier when they pounded back too many beers, and they just, just yeah. forgot, forgot about it. And there it is from the Bagel King or whatever at the front door. <laughs> well, you know what? Times are changing already because we do this game on Christmas Eve and with a few friends and their kids where we do like a saran wrap game and you kind of play a game and you unwrap it and there's like a gift card in there, or like little gifts in there. And already the gift card selection is kind of starting to slowly change where there is gift cards for ordering food out. And there is, you know, takeout food gift cards in there instead of like toys and different things for kids. So we're slowly getting there, Gord. <laughs> Man, nice to hear. Colby. I can only imagine what your house is like at this time of year. As Gord mentioned, I have one one-year-old bumbling around, and I'm like, Gosh, I'm so four. tired, and it's 3.30 in the afternoon, and I've just started work for the day. I get, You have four, right? I can only imagine what it's like going, going on in your house right now. I just crush energy drinks and coffees, and then I'm like, shit. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, I skipped the dishes, and I'm just – I nailed, <laughs> nailed something down while I was sleepwalking around. But uh, get my kids to activities as well is is, is – you sports shut down in, in in the area i think that's probably the worst thing right now of all the news probably i know you got to stay in quarantine but that's that's tough for the kids but we've been fortunate enough down here where we've been able to continue so that really as you guys know keeps you busy as a parent with all their extracurricular activities and sports and everything so we've been going which has kept me really busy Oh, that's uh, that's awesome, Colby. Always good to hear your voice. Uh, you have a ton of fans up here, uh, myself included, and uh, I know a good friend in Gord. So uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. All right, Brent Gord. Have a great holiday. Thanks. Merry Christmas, guys. There he goes, Colby Armstrong. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of fans in this game. Colby Armstrong feels like the junior Bruce Boudreaux to me in that just not a bad story. There is not a person out there who has a bad word to say about Colby. Just just beloved in every circle he runs in. Uh, man, I'm very, very happy to to hear him on. And yeah, it's a, he kind of checks all the boxes too in the fact that it's a guy who played for the Leafs, uh, you know, pretty tight with Crosby. Uh, a lot, a lot to like uh, about his work and a lot to like about him as a guy. Uh, yeah, just genuine, very genuine. That's what you like. That's what that's what exudes, and that's why he's had success.
It's funny you uh, you you mentioning there the um, the food orders showing up and somebody might have forgot. So uh, you know this is a tale from my my University of Windsor days, and I had maybe you know stayed up all night long into the not so wee hours of the morning, it being like nine or ten o'clock. And I remember one of my roommates coming home from from a class, and I said to him, "Hey man, do you know what time Pizza Pizza opens?" And he goes, "I don't care. Have some self respect. Like go eat an egg or something. Like it's it's nine in the morning. You don't need pizza." And I said, "That's eh, okay. I'll just place the order online. They'll let me do it, and it'll be ready as soon as I uh, as soon as they open. I can go get it because it was right down the street." <laughs> I fell asleep, completely forgot about it. Woke up to like fifteen voicemails going, "Do you want? Hey bud, do you want this pizza or, or not?" So uh, we've we've all been there, Gordo. We've all been there. Maybe not at Dante's Fiesta like Kiprios told us about yesterday, but we've all been there. Yeah, no, that was a one-off, but it's almost like you're, you're, you're walking outside and you're going to step on it, right? That's it nowadays, so at least it's not lit. So, uh, uh, although I think uh, I think my guy might have been when he ordered it, so anyway. <laughs> just might, just might. Uh, you know, we're joking with Colby there about, hey, you're going to throw your, your hat in the ring uh, for Team Canada at the Olympics. Again, you know, joking or not, I don't know if you saw this today, going, going around on Twitter, uh, Instagram as well. Jordan Tutu, former world junior stalwart, said, I'm ready, willing, and able to, to Hockey Canada. Uh, I don't know who is going to be on this this Olympic team, whatever it ends up looking like, but I can't wait because it's going to be a ton of great stories. And, you know, we talked to Todd about his time uh, in the Olympics, and, you know, we're all bummed out that the NHLers aren't going, but I think it's going to be a really cool team to kind of watch come together regardless. Yeah, yeah, talk, chatting with Todd Olushko about that yesterday, and uh, um, I'm yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, and obviously there's the if uh, there's the passion uh, that players that want to go, and especially now it seems like uh, you have to be extremely passionate because you're not going to get the Olympic experience, like which is a big part from what you hear of individuals being able to go. It's the whole experience in the village and all those other things, which uh, uh, you just have to focus on the sport, I guess this time uh, if if it if it comes off successfully. Yeah, uh, that that's what you'll you'll have to do, and uh, it's a good thing we uh, we love the sport of hockey. That's uh, that's why we're here. Uh, little little breaking uh, ish news that's come down in the last hour. So this is coming from Hockey Canada. Today's pre-tournament game between the Czech Republic and Switzerland uh, has been canceled due to COVID nineteen protocols. Uh, so obviously that was one of the pre-tournament games for the World Juniors. Uh, Gord, like we mentioned, you know this is something we're going to be learning how to deal with, learning how much of it you can kind of get work around with and uh, obviously the world juniors is uh, is not immune to that so uh just wanted to pass along that little breaking news but uh yeah hopefully uh we'll have some hockey to watch uh, regardless on boxing day and then the nhl uh, coming back on monday yeah no it'll it continues to be a reality i don't exactly know what the protocol will mean but we'll we'll find out more you're right you're right we got we certainly got used to that word the last couple of weeks that's right. I can even spell it now. Not going to on air because I'll probably screw it up, but I absolutely can. 